0: Hi, I'm Chucky, and I'm your friend to the end. Heidi ho.
1: <laughs> They're coming to get you, Barbara.
0: This is my boomstick! Hi, I'm
1: Chucky. Wanna play?
0: Hi there, everybody. Welcome to this week's episode of the Horror Crypt Podcast, episode number 96. Yes, we're four away from the big 100. And I am getting very, very excited because number 100 is going to be a double episode. So definitely strap in or strap on, whatever the hell you want to do, because that is going to be a very long episode. And it is an episode where if you guess correctly before the episode drops, you get a free Horror Crypt t-shirt. Now, I'm going to put this out to everyone in the in this podcast family, horrorcrypt2022 at gmail.com. If you can think of a movie that has a, is the original and the sequel and nothing else after that, but it came out a uh, very big successful movie, but if you can guess what movie it is going to be before ne- season, uh, before uh, sorry, season before episode number one hundred drops, you will get a free T-shirt. So remember, what your whole idea is to do is to think of a movie that had the original and the sequel and nothing else after that. It didn't. There's no movie after that but it is going to be your opportunity to win a brand new never before worn horror crypt t-shirt just by answering the question what movie do you think we're going to do for episode number 100 remember there's the original movie and there's sequel to that movie and then there's nothing else after that so put your thinking caps on it's a horror movie obviously just think about it remember you can respond for this question horror crypt 2022 at gmail.com And if there is a correct answer out there before episode number 100 drops, I will definitely send you a Horror Crypt t-shirt free of charge for the number 100. Anyway, look, before we get started of doing all that, we've got to get to episode number 96. Now, this movie was overhyped and under-delivered 100%. Now, I was really upset because I thought the movie was going to be a really great movie. Now, the the trailer looked spectacular. I thought, oh my God, this is going to be really good. However, unfortunately, I could be not further from the truth. Um, This movie... It's just, yeah, it was really, really disappointing. I was really in for this movie and thinking to myself, you know, this was going to be great. Unfortunately, it really, really wasn't. Um, The movie we're doing today is The Jack in the Box from 2019. Now, the movie doesn't really go anywhere. It doesn't really do very much. I mean, it's just, it drags for dragging's sake. Almost to the point that I was watching this movie last night, and I actually had one eye on another tv show and one of the and my other eye on this movie i just i could not get understanding how slow this movie was there was parts of this movie and this could be a very 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 short podcast you could almost sit there and go my god paul's just racing through this movie it is that slow i mean that's you know the uh, the clown in this movie jack that comes out of the jack in the box he doesn't say anything he growls and and but that's about it He's very menacing. I love the look of him, as far as a menacing character. But as far as the movie goes, he doesn't do very much else. I mean, there are there is six kills, um, really, three of which you don't really get to see at all. It's hinted at, but you don't really get to see. The movie starts at one point, comes back and finishes at the same point. It just doesn't seem to go anywhere, and. I know the director was building up to the whole you know, jack-in-the-box thing, and this was going to be a terrifying horror movie. And I'm, I'm sure if this movie had been put into the du- hands of a director that really knew what he was doing, then I would say, yeah, awesome. But the writer and the director is one and the same, Lawrence Fowler. They, they, he directed it, and he wrote the movie. And I'm sorry that I just think to myself that maybe a writer shouldn't direct or maybe a director shouldn't write, whoever knows. But the fact is that it just didn't seem to go anywhere. And there was a couple of points that I just wanted to say, well, come on, let's let's get this going. Let's see more of Jack. It just wasn't that, that way at all, unfortunately. It really, unfortunately, just centers around one of our main character, Casey, and he is one of these um, sleuth detectives that really doesn't know what he's doing as far as trying to get to the bottom of the whole explanation of a Jack in the box. And even the beginning of the movie it's disjointed because it starts off with just complete silence but look before we get started on that we've got to listen to the trailer so sit back and relax because here is a very interesting very short trailer to the movie the jack-in-the-box <music>
2: There's evidence that suggests that jack-in-the-boxes were originally built in France to contain evil entities.
0: So see, I told you that was uh, one hell of a very quick trailer. Unfortunately, it was more visual than what it was. Um, you know, there was no, there was really no talking in it whatsoever. Now, as far as fun facts go for this movie, there really aren't any. Um, one of the really interesting things that I love reading sometimes is the reviews, and some person wrote, "None of the actors were familiar to me, and that was perfectly fine. The story was creative and not like a horror film concept I've seen before." It combines the eeriness of some of our greatest fears regarding clowns and the nostalgia of a childhood toy. Excellent character creation. <laughs> yeah. yeah, okay, we'll go with that. Costuming, yeah, I'll give that one. Costuming was great. Jack looked really menacing and really good. The the, the makeup that they did for Jack was quite, uh, was quite outstanding. So I'm going to give him that one. And movement of Jack, yeah. Jack actually moved rather eerily. So yeah, I'll give him that one as well. No foul language or gratuitous violence. Yeah, okay. Yep, yep. We didn't get to see much of all all that. Not rated, but was a film that we watched with our 10-year-old. Give it a chance. Um, Okay, here's the thing. If you are seriously going to watch this movie, make sure you bring a good book with you. Because I can guarantee you that I sat there. Now, I'm usually very, you know, I watch these movies. Once again, i watch this movie because you guys don't have to. But I watched this movie with a lot of expectations, all of which fell flat on its face. Now, I was, as I said, I was watching this movie with one eye on the movie and the other eye on a TV program. And I literally sat there and went, okay, let's get this movie moving. It didn't really speed up at all. And this movie runs for one hour and 27 minutes now if you choose to watch this movie as i said bring a good book with you because you'll end up by reading more of the book than watching the movie it is that slow unfortunately um it actually grossed worldwide one million and thirty five thousand seven hundred and thirty four dollars i don't know what the hell the actual um budget was for this movie but yeah okay but as i said it was really a slow movie to begin with um it was they could have done so much more with this movie the the clown was just really really menacing, but this is currently on Prime. If you want to watch it, if you've got a Prime sub, uh, Prime subscription, it's definitely on there. Um, I guess it's also been on Shutter, and it's been obviously on other platforms. But yeah, this was really, as I said, the the the, um, the trailer was was it gave me a, a lot of hope. Unfortunately, it delivered nothing. It just didn't work for me. So the movie opens up where we see. Um, a man digging in a field, and as he's digging, he unearths this. This uh, all we see is this this gold box, and it says Jack on it. And we see that he brings it home. Now, this is all in done in you know silence. We don't see, we don't hear any talking whatsoever. And he takes it into, I guess, a garden shed. And his wife goes over to look at this this thing that's um, this box that's actually got the boxes opened, and there is Jack. Now, Jack is a really creepy looking doll. But he's actually out of the well. He's, you know, the, the, the box is open, and he's looking directly at the woman. And the woman doesn't really have a lot of interest in the in the doll, but is still really looking towards it to try and find out. You know, just I don't know. It's one of those things where you look at the 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 doll and go, "Man, that is one ugly doll." Now I don't know whether the guy thinks that he's struck gold with this this doll. I don't know. I mean, the the box itself is very ornate, looks absolutely beautiful. So I don't know whether he thinks he's going to sell it for a fortune. I'm not sure, but he's really excited, kisses his wife, and he's really... But, of course, we can't hear any of this. The music is way over the top, so all we're just hearing is music. We're not actually hearing any talking. Um, The wife then goes to turn away from from Jack and goes to walk out. But as she turns back, she sees that the doll is gone. So, you know, the only way that you can actually put a Jack in the box back in the box is pushing it down and closing the lid so the 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 doll's gone so then we see the guy is back into his house and he's walking up the stairs but the woman goes over to the box to see well where the hell is jack i mean like where where is this doll suddenly gone of course as she goes up to the to the box we see this very menacing hand come out of the box it's got like three claws on it and she turns in absolute horror to run out of the out of the well, where the the box is and as i said it's it's like a garden shed and of course we hear the the well, obviously the guy comes outside he hears the screaming of his wife so he goes towards the the garden shed we see her laying on the ground with blood all over her face so we are definitely sure that she's being killed by whatever the hell is this is coming out of the box which as i said is a jack so we'll just call him jack He's come out of the box and he's killed her. So her husband runs in just at the very moment where you see her bloodied hand get pulled into the box. And he runs over to try and get a hold of her as she disappears into this box. Now the box is only, you know, maybe, I mean, it's it's you, you, there's no way in hell you'd be able to put a, a body into that. So it's, it's go, he's, she's going into another dimension or whatever. But he runs over to try and get a hold of the the little the lid of the box. But of course, unfortunately, that doesn't happen. And she gets sucked into this box. Of course, there's no way that he can get the box open and he's, you know, hugging the box, crying uncontrollably. And that's the beginning of the movie to start transitioning into our title, which is The Jack in the Box. So the movie then opens up to it saying 12 years later, and we're also now seeing a view of this place called the Hawthorne Museum. Of course, this is where we get to meet our our character, Casey, and he's introduced to this woman by the name of Lisa. Now, we're not sure, I mean, obviously it's a museum, so we don't know what he's there for. We can only assume that it's for a job, but uh he was under the impression that he was going to meet his boss by the name of rachel but lisa basically informs him that yeah rachel doesn't really come in unless you're going to get fired or told off or or whether you're going to get hired or whatever but other than that you're basically by yourself and lisa explains to casey that she's only there like three days a week so in all honesty you're going to be there all by yourself and it doesn't seem to be the center of activity as far as a museum goes i mean you know, the, the building is basically empty when he gets there. So really nothing else is going to be going on. So I think as, a, as far as the job goes, it's going to be a pretty cruisy job for Casey to, to to have at this moment. Of course, then we see a bit of a montage where he's taken up into an attic area where there's a lot of stuff that they're going to be throwing away. Uh, some of the displays are going to get you know moved around a bit. So it's really an unne- unnecessary transition of watching them go through stuff they're going to be throwing away and he's very much into books so he's found a very nice book that he's very keen on so you know lisa says well listen why don't you come up with me there's stuff that we're going to throw away stuff that we're going to donate stuff that we're going to put out onto the museum floor but as they're doing this and the transitions going backwards and forwards of him finding stuff we see that he happens to come across the box that says jack and there's a little note on the box that we don't see what it says at this moment, but he does understand that a jack in the box needs a handle and there is no handle on this box. So how the hell are we supposed to open this to see what the hell is inside and what the jack in the box looks like? Of course, on top of the box, there's some letters and he happens to move one of the letters and it just starts spinning around. And then of course, on the outside of the box or you know, on the inner track of the box, we see these numbers going around from zero to six. We don't know what that's about, but then on the side of the box, we see the handle come out very ominously. So it's like, okay. And this is all just starting to, to come about as, as far as, oh, w- I guess we can open the box now. But we're really not sure how to, I mean, well, obviously we know we're going to crank the handle to open it. But what are all these numbers going around the outside of the box? We're not sure about that. And it's interesting that as the dials spin and as it lands on the, the word, it spells out the name Jack, obviously. We're going to start with this sort of like, oh, this is a spoon-fed movie. We're going to spoon-feed this to you and tell you exactly what's in this. It's a jack-in-the-box. Of course, they do the normal thing. They turn the handle and it gets faster and faster and faster. And then, bang, the -the jack-in-the-box opens up and this clown comes out of it. Now, (laughs) Lisa does say, would you really want your children to be playing with this? It looks very ominous and very, very creepy. And she decides, listen, I'm not going to really touch this. I don't think we should touch this. But she's going to call this guy by the name of Michael. And he's a, uh, sorry, not Michael, David. And he's a curator of um, antiquities. And we're going to get him to come through and have a look at it and just evaluate what the hell this is and you know how old it is. But there's no way in, in hell we're actually going to be touching this until we find out a little bit more about it. So then the movie then transitions over to a night scene where we've got two guys that are breaking into the museum now, uh, I like, guess people do break into museums all the time to grab antiquities and stuff like that but we see these two bumbling idiots go into the the um, museum to try and steal something and one of the guys happens across the jack in the box and he does look at it and he calls out to his friend Of course his friend says, listen, just take it you know we, we need we just just take it. it doesn't really matter what it is just take it because we want to you know get you know, steal as many things as we possibly can. But of course as he goes to grab a hold of it this thing the the dial uh so the handle starts turning and of course as it does ha- so happen the actual huge jack-in-the-box comes out of the box well we don't really see what it looks like because we're only seeing it from the back but it's enough to terrify one of the guys who then happens to run and hide under a table we hear a whole lot of commotion going on because one of the other guys comes into the room to find out where the hell his partner is and he's attacked so the other guy is now under the table and he's hiding. Of course, as at this stage we then see this hand come from above him, grab a hold of him. There's blood everywhere over his face. And then, of course, we see the dial start turning and it goes from zero to two. So we're not really sure what that's all in aid of because we're not being told what that dial is supposedly be. But I guess at this moment you'd be sitting there going, well, duh, that would be two people killed. Well... When I I first saw this movie, it's like, what's the dial for? Well, I I wasn't really sure because it didn't tell you, didn't give you the feedback of what the hell it was. But we see that it's now gone from zero to two. The movie then transitions to a very pointless scene where these two characters, Casey and Lisa, who have no chemistry whatsoever, are sitting in a diner. And because he's American and she's English, she decides that she wants to take him to an American diner because he seems like that he's missing home, which I understand that. I mean, I lived in America for four years. I miss home because I, I loved living in America but certain circumstances brought, you know, brought me back to Australia. But I miss America, I very much do. But so he's talking to her and he says, well, I don't really think that you're very into the whole idea of working in the museum. Whereas I am very interested in learning a lot of the history of the stuff. You just don't seem to be very with it. And she's like, well, it's one minute away from, or fi- was it five minutes away from my house? 15 minutes if I, t- if I decide to, to dawdle. Um, and she's just like, you know, I'm, I'm, yeah, okay. I may have lost a little bit of interest in the place, but it's still very convenient. I like being there. And he's like, oh, well, okay. And he really starts to belittle her about the fact that, you know, um, you really need to get with it and get a little bit more excited about working there. He, she also says to him that she recommends that he has the pancakes because, hey, they're the best pancakes that he will have ever, ever tried. But It's like, oh, okay. So this is a filler that doesn't need to happen. Of course, then from that scene, we transition to him being asleep and having a dream about a woman. And this is a black and white scene, I should say. And she's running down this, you know, foggy street with a phone saying, someone's trying to fight fo- or someone's following me. I'm in danger someone's trying to hurt me and then suddenly you see someone grab this woman and then he wakes up from the dream. So really this is a lot of filler that doesn't need to happen. Of course now from that scene we now jump to the daytime and he's arriving Casey's now arriving back at the museum to find that there might have been a break in because there's there's pamphlets all over the ground and the and the front door was left wide open so there's something that's going on and he does say to to Lisa, "Listen, um what about the closed circuit tv because there's cameras in the foyer and she's like yeah no rachel's so cheap that she hasn't replaced them so there is no closed circuit tv so i was like oh for the love of god you know this place is running on a shoestring budget so this stage we see a uh, african or well, african-american guy come in but he's an english guy by the name of david and he is actually the curator he's one of the guys that they go to to talk about antiquities he's the expert about you know what's going on as far as different antiquities. And this is the guy that Lisa has called to evaluate the Jack in the Box. It's an
2: incredible piece. Have you ever come across one of these before? Not unless you're including my grandson's toy box. Hmm. There's no questioning its authenticity, its quality. The condition of the brass and its design suggests that it was built in the mid to late Victorian era. I didn't know they had jack-in-the-boxes back then. Well, the origins of the jack in the box have been argued over for centuries. Some people say they were simply toys that gained popularity in the late 1800s. Others suggest they served a far darker purpose for many years before that. What do you mean by darker purpose? There's evidence that suggests that jack-in-the-boxes were originally built in France to contain evil entities. They had a different name for them. Demon en boîte. Demon in a box. <laughs> Moving ever so clearly away from the facts and into legend here, look, These boxes were meant to look harmless. Enticing even to open. They were spread across northern France in reaction to a satanic panic. Was thought to be an act of revenge for the murdered hundreds found guilty practicing the dark arts once these boxes were opened the demon within would be unleashed on all those around it how I specialize in antiques not
0: fantasy so upon David leaving you know there's Casey and he just happens to look... At the box and he happens to see that the dial is turned over to two now we once again we don't know why it's it's number two obviously we know that now that it's because you know jack's already killed two people but once again we don't know you know casey has got no idea exactly what it is that this number two is all about so we follow Casey and he goes and once again he's working there during the day and he happens to be sitting in sort of like a windowsill sort of area and he starts to fall asleep. And we see this woman come into the building and now we don't know whether this is Rachel or not because Lisa has said don't for love of God don't fall asleep. So we see this woman come up and she says to Casey that she wants to go and look at the hall of you know World War Two and he goes oh well, it's just down the down the hallway around the corner do you want me to show you and she's like no 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 that's fine I'll I'll, I'll find it myself and he's like okay that's fine so she goes walking off and as she's walking she walks past the um, area where David and Casey were looking at the jack in the box and she goes upstairs and she does go into the the hall where she sees the World War Two antiquities and she's just looking just nonchalantly and of course then all of a sudden the lights go out and it's like okay and she does actually happen to call to Casey to say uh excuse me the (laughs) the lights are out and I'm feeling a little bit claustrophobic up here now I'm not 100% sure whether um claustrophobia and darkness goes hand in hand but apparently it really does so it's at this stage that she's standing there and you know getting very very nervous and of course just to the side of her we suddenly see Jack and he appears, and obviously he's going to go and attack her. Casey happens to hear the scream from um, downstairs, so he runs upstairs, but of course we're transitioned over to watching Jack, and Jack's got, uh, you know, his hand around this woman's throat, then of course we see her, uh, his um, hand slice her neck open, and she falls onto the ground, and he's just standing over her, very menacingly, growling, and then of course the box then The dial then goes over to number three. So I was like, okay. But see, the whole thing is you don't get to see these kills. This is what's really, really frustrating is that some of the kills would be awesome if you actually had had seen them. Okay, he slices her throat. Big friggin' whoops. You don't see jack shit, unfortunately. Jack shit. (laughs) jack-in-the-box rather ironic isn't it but yeah we don't get to see any of the kills because i don't know what he was thinking this director but it would have been more impactful to see what he was doing but of course as i said all you get to see is him holding her around the throat and then slices her neck open she falls onto the ground that's it we're back to we're over to number three so casey does go upstairs and he's looking around for the woman but of course You know, she's nowhere to be found, so he just decides, oh, well, maybe she just left the museum. Maybe she just went out a back door. I didn't see her. But, you know, it doesn't really matter. And we also then transition over to a night scene where Casey is laying in bed, and we also understand that he's got insomnia. He can't sleep, so he's now popping some pills to try and get himself to go to sleep, which, you know, I guess in, in all honesty, if you're trying to get to sleep, why not indeed? But we see that he's talking to himself saying, okay, two's okay, but you know, maybe three's fine. I can take three. That's okay. So we do see that Casey has got some problems with regarding him going to sleep. Now, unfortunately it goes from day to night to day to night so quickly. So you've really got to keep up. So now we go from that nighttime scene to a daytime scene where, um, Casey is walking towards, um, obviously his place of employment back to the museum and as he's walking along he happens to see on the pole uh, it's a missing persons uh, a missing persons poster and it happens to be the woman that he saw in the museum asking him where he she could look at this in this uh museum piece so he actually does have that hang on a minute i've seen her she was in the museum then of course as he's walking away he happens to see two other missing people who happen to be the two guys that were burglarizing the museum so we realized that three people are now missing and but the -the jack-in-the-box has three on the top so it's like oh okay we're starting to see a pattern here i know i'm spoon feeding you because this is the movie that spoon fed me (laughs) it was ridiculous it tells you everything you don't need even need to to sit there and try and guess it will tell you everything you need to know it doesn't give the viewer any chance to sit there and go, I'll figure this out for myself. No, it's going, okay, we've got three on the, the top of the box and there's three people missing. That makes sense. That that works out, doesn't it? I know, it sounds very facetious, but unfortunately this movie does spoon feed you quite a lot. <laughs> so now we see that Casey is finally introduced to Rachel and uh, her, her his boss. And uh, she says, listen, that jack-in-the-box you've got there is a great find. We need to put it out um, on display. Now, Casey has started to research the box and does see that the clown is you know plays on your darkest fears so he's very nervous about that and as he's typing away he happens to look over at the box and you know there is jack and it's looking away from him but as he's typing away you can see that the head starts turning to look towards um casey so the one instance he's typing away he says something about the box he looks up and oh jack's looking directly at him so this stage that Rachel comes in and says that's such a great find. We need to put that on, out on display. So he puts it behind glass in one of the display areas, and of course we see that uh, there are some people that are in the the um, in the museum. But it's time for him to close. So he says to the cleaner who's now on site to clean the uh, the displays. Listen, I'm leaving right now. So I'll see you tomorrow. And, of course, proceeds to leave the building. And, so, and we're now watching the, the cleaner. And she's going around, you know, just cleaning stuff. And she gets to Jack's display area. And she sprays in front of um, the window and says, Wow, you are you are really ugly. No kid would want to play with you. And just to the right-hand side of her, she sees a spider on the ground. So she tre- she treads on it and says, Oh, you know, you've got to be quicker than that. And looks up and then suddenly the box and Jack are gone. So she's like, Okay, I, I, it was there a minute ago. Now it's gone. As she goes to leave, you know, that area, the door start to close. So she goes to run down the hallway, a door closes in front of her. She goes to the other side, which is the right-hand side, the door closes there. She goes to go down the stairs, and would you believe the jack-in-the-box is at the bottom of the stairs. So she's like, okay, I'm going to be leaving here now. It's probably haunted, so I'm going to <laughs> move out of here. But she moves down the stairs very, very quietly because she doesn't want to disturb the box. Because she knows that there's something in there that is just... This whole thing is just not right, and we can feel her panic in, in this scene. She's she's just absolutely terrified about what's going on, and yeah, you know, I mean everyone would be as well. You know, you got this thing that suddenly was in front of you, and then now it's down the bottom of the stairs, blocking your exit. Yeah, I'd be probably terrified as well. So, of course, she gets down the the bottom of the stairs, but, of course, the jack-in-the-box, you know, starts to turn, and you can hear their music, and then suddenly the box opens up, and she's, you know, hell-bent hell, hell bent on trying to get out of the door, but as she's trying to, you know, rattle the door to get out, she happens to turn behind her, and we see Jack, and suddenly Jack just hits her across the head, and then we see the dial go from three to four. Once again, we don't get to see this kill, it was just, he, he just knocked her out, so... How did he kill her? We don't know, but this is the whole thing. It's the movie doesn't tell us that, so we've got to just figure out for ourselves that she was grotesquely killed. How's that? But she was obviously sucked into the box because that's where all the victims go. Now she is number four out of six. So of course, after that scene, we now get a bit of a filling scene. And when I say filling scene, this is just—it's just not needed to be told. But Casey is sitting on um, the stairs and he's listening to an audio recording, like a, a voicemail recording of what we saw, which was the girl that was calling someone, saying that someone is following her, she's in danger, whatever. And we come to realize, we come to find out, I should say, that that was Casey's fiance. And Casey, you know, obviously he was, I mean, at this stage he was in bed. Uh, He got the phone call from his girlfriend or his fiance saying, please, someone's trying to get a hold of me. But when she was ringing, he looked at the phone and he sent it through to voicemail and went back to sleep. So now he's got that guilt about for the rest of his life he's going to be forever haunted by the fact that he didn't get up out of bed to go and pick her up or he, he wasn't there to pick her up so this is the like the filling part of the movie where he tells Lisa all about what had actually happened and why he's sitting there playing this <laughs> out in public with his voice recording out in public of course like any other disappearing sort of situation with someone that's gone missing we've got the police now involved and they actually speak to Casey and they say exactly you know when was the last time you saw this lady who was the cleaner and he's like well I don't know her very well but you know she was here Friday night I was leaving I was locking up for the for the weekend you know she was there I said good night her and left and that was that so really this is another filling sort of scene that we really don't need it it seemed to go on quite a long a long time even to the point that he was going to say to her uh, to the police officer that, you know he was sitting there in that room looking at the you know the information about the jack-in-the-box it was turned away from him and then suddenly it was looking at him but he's he stops there and he says listen no don't worry about it I was gonna tell you something but it's just silly so don't, don't worry so the police officer is really okay whatever you know it's all fine but you know if, if this woman does happen to to you know show up please let us know so he's like yep we will do no worries So it's at this stage that he decides and i think this is a very smart move on casey's behalf he decides that he's going to film this thing now he's going to put a stationary camera in front of the -the jack-in-the-box now it's really interesting because as as the police officer said listen i need to check the cctv footage of you know the the building because obviously we need to find out what happened to this cleaning lady and he's like, yeah, well, I'd love to help you out. But unfortunately, these things haven't worked. And apparently, they haven't worked for a long time. I've only just started working here. But they haven't been working for ages. So the officer's like, oh, OK, fair enough. So it's just obviously, you know, just laziness on the owner's behalf. So, you know, if, if they did have, have closed-circuit TV, maybe they would have been able to capture maybe Jack you know, walking around. But, of course, it, that's just not possible. So he does set up this camera in front of Jack's little display area to see what is it, what it is that Jack gets up to when nobody's around. So Casey sets up the camera and he walks away and he's making a, co- a telephone call to someone because he wants to track somebody down in, in the UK. And as he's talking and finally gets off the phone, he's walking through the, the part of the building where the jack-in-the-box is and one of the light globes just explodes. And of course all the power goes out and so he grabs a hold of a flashlight to see you know his way through and of course as he's walking down one of the hallways there is the jack in the box sitting directly in front of him and it's spinning madly as far as the the, the crank um to make the sound like the music going and of course at so this this stage that casey looks to the right hand side of him and there is jack standing right there and jack knocks him down to the ground so i was like holy crap he you know this is the first time that casey has actually seen the Jack in the Box come to life. So now it's almost like validation. Ah, I told you there was something going on. So it's also really interesting that Jack happens to look at Casey and you know Casey's got this gash across the top of his head on his forehead. But you know, Jack just looks at Casey but doesn't attack him. So it's almost like, well, why if he's attacked everyone else, why the hell wouldn't he attack Casey? Well, we're going to find out down the track of why it is that this is actually happening. So Casey decides that, well, here's an idea, because I've had this stationary camera, I'm gonna take the footage to Lisa and show her exactly what the hell has gone on and what I saw and hopefully what the camera has actually picked up.
1: Maybe we should take you to the hospital. I'm not going anywhere until you this. Watch. Oh, damn it. Casey. Now you need to see this. Oh, come on. Can we just relax? Oh, no, I. Jeez. Casey, what is going on with you? What if Mandy never left the museum Friday night? What if something happened to her here? What, you think she was murdered? I can't get what the expert david said out of my head the box is not what we thought it was he said it was built to contain a demon and by opening the box i let it out oh jesus christ this video would have proven it but it doesn't but there's nothing there all i can see is a Jack in the box behind some glass. I saw it with my own two eyes. It came out of the box. You saw it. Look what it did to me. (laughs) You you know that's not possible, do you? I saw it. You have to listen to me. I think your insomnia is playing tricks with your mind. No, it's it's not. Are you sure?
0: So of course like anyone lisa doesn't believe him and of course she also knows that he's suffering from very bad bouts of insomnia so she does say to him as we heard that you know maybe it is your insomnia that's playing tricks on you that there are certain times where you are so tired you're actually seeing you think you're seeing things and it's like no i'm actually i'm seeing things and i'm not half asleep i'm not half awake I'm i'm not i'm not suffering from insomnia this is really happening So he goes back into the museum where um, the Jack in the Box was and he happens to find the note that fell onto the ground. Now, we didn't know what it was, but we find out that it was the the address and the name of the previous owner who donated the box to the museum. So he decides he's going to take a bit of a drive out there to see who the hell it is. And of course, when he does go up to the, the house on the the person's garage door you see the words murderer written across the the front as in red paint i'm guessing so we are understand now understanding that uh, there's something that's gone on at this this location that we're not sure about but of course we also find out that the original owner was the one that had actually given the box to the museum was the same person that found the box to begin with in the very opening part of the of the movie and whose wife was killed. So why is it that there's the word murderer written on it? Well, on the, uh, on the front of the garage, well, we're gonna find out. I doubted my own sanity for many years.
3: I questioned myself more than every policeman and psychiatrist put together. But as much as they tried to convince me otherwise, I always remembered what took my bell away.
1: It was the clown killed my wife, not me. Would you tell me what happened?
3: (sighs) All right. I used to go metal detecting in the fields. I thought I'd struck gold when I found that thing. My wife and I believed it was a simple jack-in-the-box, nothing more. She was fascinated by it. I went upstairs and and some while later, I realized that she hadn't followed me. Then I saw he drag her corpse into the box. I told the police my story. They didn't believe me. Of course they didn't. In the eyes of the police and the whole town, I wasn't a victim. I was the prime suspect with a story that just didn't make sense. My lawyers convinced me that in a bid to reduce my sentence, I should plead guilty to manslaughter. Plead guilty to killing my wife. When you're facing a life sentence, 10 years for manslaughter seems like the only option.
1: It almost killed me. I believe it's killed others too, but they won't listen. And they won't.
3: Until it's too
1: late. How do I stop it from killing again?
3: i spent the last 15 years wondering if there was something I could have done. I don't think you can.
1: got to find a way to end this. You can't end this, Casey.
3: The damage is already done. In time, the police will trace the disappearances back to you and your little friends at the museum. Take it from me. If the clown doesn't kill you, the people of Hawthorne may end up believing that you
0: of the monster. So of course at this stage Casey decides to go back to the museum and grab a hold of the box and he's like okay I'm absolutely fed up with this this is what's going to happen I'm going to go and burn the bastard in a field so he goes to to a field you know basically uh, digs a hole douses it with petrol or gasoline fuel whatever you want to call it sets it a light and thinks okay that's it that's done it'll just burn he gets back to the museum and, of course, it's it's uh, it's dark. And as he gets back to the museum and walks in the front door and he's walking down the hallway a little bit, what should be right in front of him is the Jack in the Box that is not burnt at all. And then it's at this stage that we see that Jack is then emerging from the box once again. He attacks Jack. Uh, sorry, he attacks Jack. <laughs> Jack attacks Casey and scratches him and knocks him down. And, of course, this makes him you know go uh, unconscious for quite a, uh, a while because he comes to... Um, in the daytime, and and Casey is now coming to, and then right in front of him is the Jack in the Box with the closed lid. So it's like, okay, we realise that there's just no way around this. He's not gonna get. He's not gonna get away from this whole situation whatsoever. But unfortunately, his his boss Rachel has decided that you know we've. I think you've gone through so much, and you're having a lot of trouble. So. Maybe I, I, it might be a good chance if we just maybe part company. And he's like, you know, no, it's you know, it's not my fault. I'm, I'm not the one doing this. And she's like, well, I know you've had a lot of problems and maybe it would be better if you just, you know, just leave. So we all now understand that C- the Casey is now being fired. And of course he does say to Lisa, this is just not going to end. And Lisa's like, well, I'll do what I can here, but, you know, you're going to have to just go home and just try and get yourself together. Um and it's also the way we go through that is that Casey has got in contact with a demonologist that has got some um experience with Jack in the Boxes and he goes to the guy's house to really tell him and explain to him what the hell has happened because he's rung many, many times to get this guy's help and this guy just hasn't re- returned any of his phone calls. So he's decided, no, screw it. I'm going to go to your house. I'm going to knock on your front door and you are going to talk to me and I need to find out what the hell I can do to end this whole thing with the jack-in-the-box.
4: So you want to know what you're dealing with? Yeah, I opened the... Yes, yes, I heard all your messages. But you haven't come all this way just to find out what it is. You want to know how to kill it. Jacks are relentless, but as with all of nature's creations, they are mortal. Luckily for you, by granting it access to our world by opening the box, you have unwittingly entered into a deal with the demon. A deal? Although it may threaten you and do all it can to make you run away in fear, it can't kill you. But I can see in your eyes, you're not just worried about yourself, are you? Meaning only you have the power to send it back. You have to trap Jack inside the box How? You must perform a ritual. Ah, here it is. Once a Jag's heart is weakened by the end of a blade, only the spoken word will send it back to the shadows where it was made.
1: What do I have to say?
4: Bestia ad inferos. Thank you. Oh, and Casey, be careful. You have to get it right. It would only take something as small as a piece of its clothing, a severed claw, anything left outside of the box while performing the ritual, and it won't work. If you leave anything behind, Jack will come back for his chosen victims. Good luck, young man.
0: So this scene is sort of intercut with the fact that the box is still at the museum, And Rachel is obviously the boss, and she's actually at the museum doing some paperwork. And, of course, the -the jack-in-the-box is now attacking her with a one hell of a huge circular saw or circular blade on the side of the box. And, once again, we don't see the actual kill, but all we do happen to see at the very end is the fact that she's got, which is left, is blood and a severed foot. And we watch Lisa, who gets back to the museum, walking up the stairs to find this absolutely grisly scene of just... A foot in a shoe and that is it and she runs out to call the police now we have also seen obviously the Jack has now killed um, Rachel so in the re- so the number is now over at number five one more and then he can go back into hibernation I wonder who it's gonna be but of course as Lisa is running trying to run out of the building trying to call the police because of this absolutely grisly scene we see the Jack in the box is in the foyer and the box opens up and here comes Jack once again Now Jack then starts to menacingly follow Lisa around to try to get a hold of her and he does trap her against a door and she's absolutely screaming in terror trying to get out. But Jack goes over to her and he smells her but he doesn't attack immediately. So it's almost like, okay, so why is he doing this? Well he's interrupted because we don't know what's going on at this stage, and we've only got twelve minutes and forty-five seconds left of the movie, so we've got to get to the end of this movie pretty quickly. So He's menacingly over Lisa, and he's sniffing her, and and we don't know why. And we hear Casey arriving on scene back to the uh, museum, and he's trying to find where Lisa is because Lisa was calling the police but couldn't get through, and he she did actually make a phone call to him so he could actually hear what the hell was going on. But of course, unfortunately, with his search of trying to find Lisa, Jack happens to corner Casey once again, and still doesn't attack him, but wallops him across the face, and there's three huge gashes across his cheek that you know get him to fall onto the floor, and he's now knocked unconscious. But there's blood everywhere, and Jack's just looking over him once again, so he hasn't killed Lisa, and he hasn't killed um, uh, Casey. So we're really not sure exactly who's going to be the final victim of the Jack in the Box. However, and un- you know, luckily, un- after a small amount of time, Casey comes to and finds that Jack has knocked Lisa unconscious and is dragging her towards the box. It's at this stage that uh, Casey happens to find a fire poker, and as we all know, if you, you know, plunge something through the heart of a Jack, it will actually diminish his power. So what does he do? He runs straight towards Jack, and from the back, you know, slams uh, the poker straight through his heart. So we're thinking, oh, awesome, this is this is perfect. Jack's being killed, and you know, Casey saved the day, We've just got to figure out how we're going to tell the police why there's a severed foot and blood all over the place upstairs. Then all of a sudden, with the fact that he's slammed this fire poker through the back of Jack and into his heart, there's a whole lot of wind and everything going on, in case he does say, you know, back in your box. And you can see that Jack is being sucked back into his his Jack in the box. And, of course, the box then closes, and you see the word Jack, you know, once again with these dials, on the top of the box. So you think, oh, okay, so that's the end of the movie. We've got eight minutes left of the movie. I don't think there's very much more that we can do. Well, hold on to your hats because there is something more that we can do. So, of course, the police arrive and, you know, on the scene of this whole, you know, thing that's going on. Lisa's un- uh, unconscious on the ground and Casey's being placed in handcuffs. And we see him being taken away to have some questioning about what the hell was going on and then after that scene because now we've got eight minutes left so we've got to get through the rest of this because you know we're down to like five minutes now for the end of the movie so we see that lisa has gone to the demonologist that was telling casey all about jack and he says to to lisa that you know every life that jack has taken keeps him alive for three years he's killed five people so that's 15 years that the box cannot be opened So he says to Lisa, if you can, if you really want to help Casey out of this situation, you need to make sure that for the next 15 years that box is not open. So we assume, well, you could chain it up. You could put it into a safe and close the safe. You've got to find some way for nobody to touch this this box well you know what does lisa do the same thing that the other guy did well he was metal detecting he found it so lisa decides that she's going to go and bury it into the ground now most people would sit there and say well that's actually a pretty good idea bury it well no that's not a good idea because if you bury the thing some idiot is going to go and find it again so why don't you just place it in somewhere that it can never be you know accessed take it home with you put it into a closet Put a chain around it and leave it there for 15 years. It, it, as long as it's not opened within 15 years, then the curse is broken. Jack's gone. It will never be. It will. There's nothing that's going to ever going to happen. Well, there is one final, final twist about this movie. So we're seeing Lisa going back to the museum, and obviously she's going to go and get the box. Now we now see that poor old Casey is being interrogated in you know, at the police station, as far as what the hell was going on, what was his involvement, how do you How do you explain the fact that your boss um, has been dismembered and there's a severed foot upstairs? And we're also seeing that Lisa is now in a field and she is digging a hole to bury the box to make sure that Jack is not going to be opened within 15 years. Now, I know a lot of you are sitting there on the edge of your seat of this movie going, well, hang on a minute. He's killed five people. It takes six for him to go back into hibernation. Who's going to be the sixth victim? Well, there is a bit of a twist, and we'll get to it right now. I'll ask you
1: again. Did you kill your boss, Rachel? No. Maybe this
4: it
3: will refresh your memory. Now, you took a young woman's life away that day. Rachel wasn't the only easy target, was she? No. You went after Lisa too, didn't you? And you thought you'd get away with it. Didn't you?
4: Didn't you? Be careful. You have to get it right. It would only take something as small as a piece of its clothing, severed ball. Anything left outside of the box while performing the ritual, and it won't work. If you leave anything behind, Jack will come back for his chosen victims.
1: Lisa, it's going to come back for her. Did you kill Rachel? You have to listen to me. I'm a question. You have to believe me. It, it, it didn't work. We have to help her. We have to help. her.
2: No. no! You've gotta believe
0: me! So in that final scene we see that when he's being shown the photographs of the crime scene. He sees the picture of the severed claw. Now, when Jack was going back into the box, when he'd actually stabbed him through the heart, as he was going back into the box, he had his hand outside of the box, and there was a claw there, and as the box slammed shut, it broke broke off one of his claws and left it on the outside of the box. So remember, anything outside of the box, and it will not work. So there's Lisa, and she's digging the hole to put Jack back in the box, and Casey's now realized that the final victim is going to be Lisa, I guess a lot of us were sitting there going, duh, like we didn't know that. But anyway, you see that the box then flies open, and you see Jack attack Lisa, grabs a hold of her ankles, and drags her back into the box, which is now in the ground. The box then slams shut, and the dial then turns over to number six. The movie goes black, and that is the end of The Jack in the Box. Yes, that is the end of this movie. Now, a lot of people would sit there going, well, that actually sounds like a pretty good movie. Like I said... I was excited about the movie, and if you want to see this movie, please bring a good book because you'll read more of it than what you will be watching the movie. Because unfortunately, it just doesn't seem to take off. There's just some sort of small ingredient that just doesn't seem to get it right, unfortunately. But, you know, on a scale of zero to five buckets of blood, zero being how do I get the last two hours of my life back, or an hour 27... 2.5 Two five. It was a perfect movie, and I'd watch it all over again. If anyone thinks I'm going to give it a five, I will bitch slap them. <laughs> I will not give it a five. Of course, I wouldn't bitch slap you. You guys are my family. I wouldn't do that to my wonderful horror crip family. No, I will give it a one out of five. One being the fact that I love the makeup of Jack. I love the costuming of Jack. He doesn't say a thing. But he looks very menacing, and I think that he could have really been... He was underutilized in this movie, and this movie, as I said, was overhyped and under-delivered. The chemistry of the cast was zero. There was no chemistry between them whatsoever. There was really no character development. It was very one-dimensional. It wasn't something that I'd sit there and go, Wow, I was feeling a lot for that character. Even, you know, Casey's fiancé that got killed... You didn't really know much about her. You did see a bit of a vision of her in the rearview mirror because Casey was going to be leaving, um, you know, where he was working and where he was living, and he was deciding to leave. And his girlfriend came back in sort of like a spirit form and said, "Yep, go ahead. You know, leave. These people need you, but go, run away." But you don't really get to really know the person, so you don't have any real vested interests in him. Even down to Lisa and Casey. Lisa and Casey are two people that just don't have any chemistry. Unfortunately, whatsoever. So the casting was wrong of this movie. But that being said, Jack, I thought, worked well. But if there was the only the highlight of the movie, the only thing that I'd give one out of five would be for Jack. This story was eh, so-so, but Jack was the one that made it bearable, but still not a great movie, unfortunately. Now, I cannot do the fun facts this week because, would you believe, there is absolutely no fun facts of this movie whatsoever. So unfortunately, I can't do any fun facts this week. But, you know, I will say, I'll let you know that even though I can't do any fun facts this week, next week's episode, which I'm hoping is going to be a lot better, actually, I'll tell you what next week's episode is. So next week's episode is going to be a movie by the name of Countdown. I've never seen this movie. I bought it about, I don't know, three months ago, and I haven't watched it because I've been making sure that I watch it so it's fresh for the for the podcast. So next week is going to be this movie called Countdown, and that is number 97. There we are, three away from the big 100. Now I remember there is a movie that we're going to be doing. It is a double episode, so just strap in for that one. Um, and it, it is an original. It's the movie plus its sequel, and there's nothing else past that. So if you start to think of a horror movie that had a, an original and a sequel and nothing else, let me know at horrorcrypt at gmail.com And if you get it right. I will let you know on air, and you will get your very own Horror Crypt Podcast t-shirt at my expense sent to you, and with my thanks. But anyway, as I said, unfortunately, there's no fun facts this week, so I will say, like I say every week, thank you very much for coming to visit me at the Horror Crypt Podcast. Remember, Facebook, Horror Crypt Podcast, and my wonderful Horror Crypt group, which is the Horror Crypt Cafe, come and join that group. It is awesome. It is awesome and if you want to get in direct contact with me horrorcrypt2022 at gmail.com in saying that thank you very much once again and i will say i will creep you later can't sleep clown will eat me can't sleep clown will eat me